0: Good evening, everybody,
1: and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me this evening in the studio is Blythe Crow. Blythe, welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast. How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me, Patrick.
1: I am glad to have you. So let me, by way of introduction... uh, explain why we wanted to have uh, Blythe into the studio this evening. She founded Mm -hmm. a nonprofit. Um, I don't have enough information, so I'm not gonna guess how many years ago, Mm -hmm. but she founded a nonprofit called She Has a Name, if you are following us on our facebook or youtube channel you can see there's a qr code on the screen that you can scan with your phone also shehasaname.info is the website you're going to want to go to that's going to bring you to all the information about this ministry and what we learned is that currently there are over 50,000 teenage girls on the streets of Kenya, living in the slums, uh, involved in prostitution, which is many times the only way that these girls have a way to uh, make uh, any money and make a living for themselves. And uh, Blythe and the group that she founded is trying to do something about that. Mm -hmm. So Blythe, um, we have a lot of questions for you. So let me just start with, with kind of the basics. So I, I feel that my understanding of Kenya is probably the same as everyone else. Uh, everyone over there has received the Lord Jesus as their savior and, mm. and everyone has more money than they know what to do with. So what are you doing over there? Is that, <laughs> is that about what you find?
2: Um, Not exactly. Close, <laughs> but not exactly. Um, Christian Christianity is like the predominant religion over there, but it's also, um, there's a lot of uh, Somali refugees that Mm -hmm. make up a huge uh, Muslim population as well. Okay. Uh, It's pretty spiritual. Like, you're either Christian or Muslim. There's not really atheists or anything like that. But um, when you talk to people one-on-one, you start to hear some of those uh, questions and and red flags about, do you know who Jesus is? Sure. Um, And so I would say that – that that's kind of how Christianity is around in Kenya, and um, a lot of the the churches and um, pastors in the churches um, talk a lot about like the like prosperity and riches and heaven.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: that's probably what majority of the sermons are every Sunday.
1: So are they more um, Pentecostal in their
2: yeah teaching? Yes. That's
1: typically where I hear the wealth prosperity gospel
2: and then you have kind of those the 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 tribal uh spirituality where there's um demons and and curses and um like the tribal leader can put a curse on your family or on you you know like things like twins Mm -hmm. one's good one's evil so we have to sacrifice one okay so then it's all all
1: types of pagan mysticism exactly okay that you get into
2: exactly and it's all kind of it bleeds into some of the christianity you'll just be sitting and talking about your faith and um, Christ and what they believe. And it will just be sprinkled on in the conversation. And you'll sure. be like, wait, what? wait a minute. What <laughs> exactly? Um, and so, and, and a lot of the, the, um, pastors aren't really trusted there because By there's the people been a of lot Kenya? of, there's been a lot of abuse from pastors, especially financially. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, a, a preacher, who has a church um, near a slum, mm-hmm. and those people are given, you know, 20 shillings, they, they're being told to give everything to the church, and then the pastor drives up in, like, a really nice car and has a really nice suit, and, mm-hmm. and the church has really nice lighting, and so um, we kind of question, okay, what are you, and yet the people in their church, their children don't have food, oh, and yeah. their children are the ones being sold into poverty-based prostitution. And, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you just examine the situation and and look, and that's not to say that there aren't any good preachers there. You know, I'm not all or nothing here because we're actually partnered with somebody who's kind of defying those. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a different battle than, than in America for Christ's way.
1: Okay. So you mentioned slums. Mm. So, here in America, I know that I've talked to you. I've talked to Zach. Um, mm-hmm. Zach's been on the show. Some folks yes. remember him as a <laughs> as a guest. And I, I've spoken to the two of you and you've both been over there a dozen times or so, you know, however many times o- over the years. And I've gotten a lot of details off air.
0: Okay.
1: So I have an idea yeah. of what you mean when you say slums, but a a lot of folks that are going to be listening are going to be thinking, well, what are the slums like in America? And really a lot of the folks in Kenya wish they could live in American slums and American poverty. So can you give us a little bit of an idea, paint us a picture of the area that you're serving?
2: Sure. And I I would say I'm going to fall short because there's nothing like going there and smelling mm-hmm. the area and yeah. like feeling like the way that you feel yeah. like your skin and stuff
1: oh yeah um, no, by the way no thank you yeah yeah <laughs> if you need me to give you more money so that i never have to go there i will get my wallet out right now
2: that's where i'm gonna be praying that god puts yeah. on your heart yep. to go <laughs> um but in a sense so the sum that we work in is called mathare um sorry valley, and it's a uh, about a half a million people in a half a square mile, and they're crammed in there. Like it's just people all over the place. And Mathare is actually the dump for the city, and so you The
1: valley get, is the dump for the city.
2: So you so you get there and there's just heaps of trash, piles of trash, and people are combing through because. They could get a banana peel and maybe eat that. Or there's like food in there that they could have or stuff that they can use to stuff a mattress mm-hmm. or something. So you see people combing through the when the dump trunk comes and Mm -hmm. dumps all their trash there's a line there's like well there doesn't have to be a line because there's so much trash you know and there's just um and so that's where the trash goes and sits there's a river that goes uh cuts through the valley it's the masare river um and you cannot see anything through there because that's like the trash just naturally gets put in there and that's where people go to the bathroom um the men who are in the community use that river to make an alcohol called changa and it is so potent (laughs) it's crazy um but that's what causes a lot of the like the devastation of fatherlessness is alcoholism there because of that that's like how they can try to make money but also it's ruining their lives and their family's lives and their children's lives because it's just feeding an addiction so you have that um zach Mm -hmm. for those of you who know zach um he's like six foot two or three sure um he's like the tallest person in Kenya, when he's there, he's the tallest person. So he's walking by the houses, and the house will cut him at jaw level. The roof of the house—they're just—they're not tall. So just the nation is
1: small—is just shorter people, just in general. I, yeah, not yeah. a lot of folks going NBA. It's also,
2: they don't have a lot of material. Sure. You know? So it's so not going to
1: have ten foot ceilings. It's yeah, ten. Yeah,
2: and cloth that make a house. In fact, there was a school in the valley that we were helping. It burnt down. And so uh, we wanted to help rebuild the school because that's where a lot of the kids in the slum Mm -hmm. went. And we believe education is the way out of poverty. So we're trying to uplift the school, help rebuild it. They took the tin that was burnt in the fire and used that to make the walls of the new school. And and these are the conditions. And so trash everywhere... um, there's no bathrooms.
1: Okay, so I th- that's a that's a great segue. I just had a couple questions, so let me stop yeah. you there. So we're really we're talking about nothing in the way of sanitation. No service. Do they have? Is there potable water delivered to any place? Drinkable water.
2: There's uh, charity organizations. It's actually really cool because that's one of the things that I see. Like Coca Cola always talks about a lot of their charity work. Yeah. And Coca-Cola has a big presence in that slum.
1: No kidding. Um,
2: Every now and again, it's happened twice. I've gone 20 times over the last 10 years mm-hmm. and twice I've seen uh, organizations pay people from the slum mm-hmm. and they have like these green shirts. Like it's really cool to go clean up the trash. And so, and it makes a huge difference and they get paid to do that. So it's like a source of income, but mm-hmm. it also helps. Yeah. Um, but we as a group painted a public toilet in the slum. That was like our project. It was it was intense. We painted it. Um, and then a month after we painted it, it got demolished. It just got, it's not there anymore. Um, and I can't remember the reason why, but that stuff happens there. And so there's no consistency, especially in sanitation and hygiene. And so there's
1: got to be a lot in the way of medical needs, yes. disease. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: In fact, when we go there, we don't, we bring some candy because I like candy, Sure, you know, but we don't really bring candy. What we do is we bring soap, toothpaste, toothbrushes. We teach how to brush your teeth because some of these kids have never brushed their teeth. You know, we, we teach like basic first aid to parents because that saves lives because a kid will get an infection and have to get it's, arm amputated for a simple infection you could easily prevent.
1: So back when I was going through EMT school, I was talking with Zach about Kenya. He Mm -hmm. was getting ready to go. And I was asking him if there was medical needs over there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Patrick, if you went there, you would be the highest trained medical professional in like fifty miles. Yes, He's yes. like and I was like, Zach, I haven't even like finished school. He's like, No, no, no. You're already, You're
0: already yeah.
2: <laughs> above and beyond. I was getting my degree in exercise science. Yeah. And I just remember this one story of the they drink tea because they were colonized by the Brits. Sure. So they drink tea um every morning and this kid's built boiling chai all over the body blisters. Yeah. It was it was scary. Oh yeah. Screaming little baby. And Zach and I, I'm mm-hmm. exercise science. Zach and I were the ones that yeah, they taking, brought the yeah, child to because, because you
1: must know they, something
2: exactly. Cause wow. we have just the tiniest. So, um, yeah, those are kind of the, the conditions there and some of the things that, mm-hmm. you know, you can just kind of see at a base level.
1: Okay. So the next question that came up was how do you start a work in Kenya yeah <laughs> I mean did you throw a dart at a globe while it was spinning like obviously something had to lead up to you yeah. getting involved in that country versus somewhere else tell us how this whole thing started
2: you know that's a good question and oddly enough I don't actually get asked this question very often really I, somebody asked it to me last month and I was like that's kind of the first time oh brother <laughs> yeah um I went to Kenya the very first time when I was 16 years old
1: just for a vacation
2: just not to see the sights i wanted to escape you know okay, teen just unhappy Mm -hmm. going through my friends going through stuff it Mm was i just didn't care where i was but i wanted to be anywhere but where i was and kenya came up we had a my dad ran like ran a college bible study and one Mm -hmm. of the college students had gone prior and wanted to go back and so we were just like yeah let's go
1: what did they what were they going they went
2: with young life um okay and fell in love with it always wanted to go back but couldn't find anybody they're freshmen in college couldn't find anybody to go with them and they obviously weren't going to go by themselves and so zach get a 16 year old girl to go (laughs) with us exactly i'm like (laughs) You 18 year old can't go by yourself, but I can go. I can bring, I <laughs> will bring you there. Yes. I will take you to a place I've never been. That's what happened. And so we went. Um, and
1: so Zach was with you on your first trip.
2: Zach was with us. Was um,
1: Darren with you?
2: Darren, okay. me, and this, uh, her name is, it's now Zach's wife, Jessica, Jessica yeah. for, we called toast to get it not confused with Jess King. Got um, it. but J- so,
1: um, your mom was there too.
2: No. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, my mom cried a lot. She did not want me to go. Got it. <laughs> but my dad,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: um, so so that was the first trip I went on, and um, just okay, that. sorry, yeah, real quick. no, it's okay. Your
1: dad had no experience in Kenya. No, mm-hmm. Zach didn't. None of us. You didn't.
2: The only person who did was, was...
1: one college kid mm-hmm. that was eighteen years old. Yeah. And they went with a different group. Mm-hmm. And you were all get got your passports and you jumped mm-hmm. on a plane. Just
2: jumped on a plane. And
1: you landed in the capital city.
2: Yeah. You breaking it down like this sounds a little nuts. Okay. <laughs> don't, was, don't let others look down on you because you're young. No, you no, 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 yeah. I'm
1: fine with it. I am into adventure. Yeah. One day when you have a successful podcast, you have to have me on and interview me and ask that. about years 20 to 25 oh, and I'll my goodness. I'll blow your hair back.
2: You want to change the theme? really quickly? No 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 no. Oh, we yeah. can, we'll do we'll, we'll
1: have you on again.
2: But No, yeah, that's, what happened. that's it was what happened. four of us. And she had flown with a young life group. There was like a big group of them, so it's not like she Let it, you know,
0: like,
2: um, we planned a vision trip, is what we called it. And we went to, I don't know how we got connected with these groups, I don't even know how. We went to 14 different places in the 12 days we were there. Okay, wait, one one more quick question. Yeah, yeah.
1: this is a, a question of ignorance. It's okay. Does anyone speak English in Kenya?
2: yes they were colonized by the british okay so that a English lot of people speaking their business language so great it's taught in school and so everything. at least
1: you had that going for yes, you yes okay but they
2: also speak swahili and mm-hmm. their tribal language so mm-hmm. most of them speak three languages but between
1: darren and zach you guys had those talked. languages covered okay good exactly. so, so so continue please
2: so good question mm-hmm. so we went there and um leading up to the trip uh I d- i've never been on a mission trip in my life um Well, I went with my dad one time when I was really young, but this was like kind of the first one. So I was like, obviously, we're going to talk about Jesus. I don't want to look dumb. So I start reading my Bible on not the way out there. Of faith, but yeah. out of I don't want to look dumb. So you're on
1: the airplane, yes. you're like I need to crack this thing and what figure I out I the story. Yeah. About. Okay.
2: You know, God moves in yeah. like works in funny ways sometimes. Yeah. And so I get there and that kind of opens me up to be vulnerable and just the way that the Holy Spirit works and we get there and um we're going to all of these different orphanages and we're seeing kind of like the the hardest and heaviest stuff and mm-hmm. um you know we're looking at kids just wandering around no parents no clothes mm-hmm. like literally no clothes babies and it's just like really heavy stuff mm-hmm. that i as a 16 year old have never you know and all of the things that i complain about sure you know that never hit me mm-hmm. um and so we end up connecting with this man in mathai named moses I've and met him. You have, and and
1: his adorable he, kids and wonderful wife.
2: Something about him was just different. You know how some people have like a light around mm-hmm. them, and mm-hmm. you feel it. And you know, you know, Patrick, because yeah. you mm-hmm. don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind, yes. very kind of you. <laughs> I'm here to compliment. You know, I want to be invited. You invited back. back.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So something was automatically different. He's taken us on the tour. Like he does a tour of Mathare Valley. And the thing about this tour is kind of the deeper you go into the valley, the more dangerous it gets. Because people are doing more of the nefarious illegal activity. Sure. Such They're as further away from. Such as mm-hmm. making alcohol. The alcohol is illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stick out like a sore thumb. Like. Everywhere you go. So he's like everything out of your pockets goes in the bag Mm -hmm. you know watch for open areas on your body that people could attack you if somebody wants to shake your hand you grab your arm like this to show you have no weapons like stuff like that and we're going (laughs) i'm 16 Mm -hmm. we're going deeper and deeper and deeper and i'm just like physically like feeling just a heaviness i'm seeing all this stuff. And you talking
1: about spiritual darkness?
2: Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yes. Um, I'm looking around and in my head, I'm like, what? If, if this is here, there can't be a God who claims he's good. Mm. You know, that question.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, and that's what I settled on. That's what I was going to go back to the States with. I was mm-hmm. done. Did not make sense. Mm-hmm turn around and we started walking out
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I was looking down. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear these two girls and they're, they're laughing and they're giggling and they're saying, take a picture, take a picture, take a picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm kind of just like in this, um, like a out of body moment. So I was just kind of going through the motions and I told this story the other week and I realized that I wasn't supposed to take my phone out or it was a, it was a film camera because oh, okay. it was dangerous. We were told not to. So mm. I just realized that, mm-hmm. but I took my camera out because mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking and it sounds so cheesy, but I looked through the lens of that camera. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't even real life yet. I looked through the lens of the camera at those two girls and they had something in their eyes that was something I was craving so much and it was a joy. Mm-hmm. It was a peace. It was a hope. They were in their school uniforms, like they're not giving up. Mm-hmm. They're going to school, and I still have that picture. I need to find it somewhere. And then, then I was like, "Who am I to be the one that needs to be encouraged out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, I should be the one supporting. I should be the one uh, uplifting. Who am I?" Like, I don't deserve to be the sad one Mm -hmm. for them. They're not even sad, you know? And it's not like we have to give them the homes that we have. It's not like we have to give them the phones that we have. That's not what they need. Um, Because they have, like, those girls, I know, they had, like, Christ. Like, that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after that, I was like, I want to be somebody that adds value into this community and doesn't just take and take and take from these people because they give me so much. They give me hope and joy and Christ. Like, they showed me Christ. Um, And now I want to add value into this community, and I want to add hope into this community. And so I was talking with Moses because we decided that's the place that we wanted to add value is in Mathurislam. I was talking with Moses. Um, So the second year I went, uh, that's what I was looking for. Um, where is um, a place that I could add value and uh, talking with Moses and he's like telling me about children with disabilities <clears throat> and he's like, look around. Do you see anybody who has a disability? And he didn't at the time because they either were killed for thinking they had some type of demon in them or they couldn't sustain life in the condition of Islam. Um, and so that hit, and he was also talking about um, the girls in the slum. Most boys are the ones that the family choose. Like, if they're going to choose a kid to go to school, it's a boy, which awesome. We want the boys to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, however, then the girls are seen as the way to make money for the family and for the boy to go to school and he's by the family by the family
1: yes this is just the father's an accepted course of action
2: you have a girl you're going to see her as a way to make money they even do dowry there still Mm -hmm. even upon marriage Mm -hmm. it's how much can i get for her marriage sure and they do goats. They do cash. They do, and so that de incentivizes people to get married because they can't afford it because they're living in a slum, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, so he goes, look around. You can see all over, all over these girls, and I looked around. I walked down the street. I looked around, and it just broke my heart. How many girls were standing on the side of the street? Mm-hmm. 12 years old 16 years old waiting for somebody to come and use them so that they can send their brother to school or they can pay for their family to have food or they can do whatever Mm -hmm. you know like their souls aren't made for that that's not what they were designed to do
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but you couldn't not see it once you saw it yeah you know and um so then I decided I knew too much and I saw too much. I was horrified enough that I had to do something. And the next year, so it took me three years. I'm mm-hmm. kind of slow. <laughs> I'm a little patient on things. I'm slow at times, but it took Sorry. me three years. And
1: You're light years ahead of the federal government <laughs> in the speed at which they help people.
2: <laughs> so don't worry, you're winning the race. As long as I'm better than the government. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but the third year we started, she has a name.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: and that's, that's the bottom line of what we do is we want a day where, um, little girls aren't being sold into poverty-based prostitution. Mm -hmm. That's why we do what we do.
1: So you start this nonprofit Mm -hmm. and you are able to get these girls out Mm -hmm. and what is the goal? So we can get them off the street. Mm Mm-hmm and now what can we do with these girls? How can we help them now that they're not having to serve their family
2: with prostitution
1: to to raise money?
2: Exactly.
1: So can we get them into school? Is it able, so education Mm -hmm. is available for these girls, it's just that it costs money and if the parents are going to be able to afford to do it, it might only be for one kid and we're going to choose the son to do it.
2: You're getting it. Yeah. Education isn't free there. Got it. Um, there's no free education. Yeah. So even like, um, elementary school, you have to pay for your kid and it kind of, COVID actually made it more expensive. It Mm kind of like about $50 a month to send somebody to elementary school. And it just goes up and up and up, um, throughout middle school and high school and college. Um, so in the slums, um, the average person makes about a dollar a day, mm-hmm. and it costs fifty dollars a month to send your kid to school.
1: Hence, mom and dad working full time.
2: Exactly, you need got you it. need more people working, um, and dad's often out of the picture. So, oh really? really? Mom and the kids making the money. Yeah, there's a and huge. Is it from the alcoholism?
0: Alcoholism. That's a part of it.
2: There's a bit of polygamy there mm-hmm. actually. Um, The father can leave one family and start another another family. Um, Apathy. It's, Mm -hmm. I haven't, that's, that's one that Zach would be good to, to talk about because it's, it's an epidemic there. Okay. Um, Broken families. Broken families. And so you have uh, these expenses and that's just education. Mm -hmm. Um, Forget about food and and clothing and all the other things that people need to live yeah and so what we try to do is we eliminate any obstacle for the girls being successful in school Mm -hmm. and um because we believe that education is the way out of poverty that's how you break the cycle of Mm -hmm. poverty because it is a vicious generational curse Mm -hmm. it's a cycle um and in doing that we expose them to truth um so we bring them in a house because the oftentimes if and this is another sad thing like if the girls aren't bringing an in income for the family they're not wanted in the house and so we have a home that we invite girls to live in
1: so if you get these girls out of prostitution it is looked at as a negative for the family because now Sometimes. what good what good is this? daughter of mine she's not able to contribute
2: or a positive because they don't have to pay for her food and her
0: clothing oh, and her risks wow.
2: anymore. Like we're gonna pay for that for her. Okay. And send her to school. So yes, please take her. Or they use her as like a leverage. Mm-hmm to get money from us. So they're like, if you want to take my daughter, then you need to pay this to me or you need to pay this to me. Wow.
1: And so you've run into that.
2: Yes. We've run into so many things under so many obstacles. Things. To yeah. But it's, overcome. it's shocking the way that parents, moms respond. Um, To the work that we're doing, so we tried not to get muddied in that. Mm -hmm. So the best way is we just kind of remove ourselves from that situation, and and so we bring the girls into our home, Mm -hmm. and we let them go visit them. It's not like we cut off the relationship. We we encourage it. Yeah, Yeah, we encourage a relationship with the family. Um, so they'll go see them on holidays, but they can focus on school and they can focus on healing their soul. In the house and changing because it's so hard to change um, when you're in the environment you're trying to change from,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know? Just like Christianity, like if you surround yourself with people who aren't Christians oh, yeah. and you're trying to find Christ and His, you're trying to follow his way,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you need to surround yourself with people who are following his way. It's kind sure. of the same thing. So we have case manager and house mothers in the house who are... Um kind of like the role models. and they do Bible study, they do discipleship stuff, um, heart to hearts with the girls. Um, our case manager's name is Levine and she is amazing. Like she is just such like salt of the earth. Um, house mothers are great too. So um, we bring them in the house. And that way they can focus on school and we pay for four years of higher education because we don't want these girls just to have high school. Um, We want them to have a college diploma as well. And they also get their driver's license eventually if they earn it, you Uh know, and and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: What is the total cost per girl per year that you find and obviously (laughs) that's going to change and I understand there are factors but just to give everyone at home an idea and me for that instance what you know what's the what are we talking about what's the ticket price
2: COVID did impact that a lot too it's so I would say for one of the younger girls coming in like we just brought in a girl who started working when she was 12 she's 13 now going into middle school and when Um, we say working Prostitution. Okay. I just yes. want
1: to make sure I'm clear.
2: Yes. No, that's that's true. She was, she's was she been working since she could, but sure. she's been doing prostitution for the last year. Her mom made her do it. And um, her schooling is going to cost her or her, like to sponsor her fully, take care of food, housing, everything, school, mm-hmm. everything, uniform. It's going to be between 5,000 and 5,500. Um, and that's per year? Per year. Mm-hmm. Which is insane, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a joke. Uh That's such a small amount of money. It's a joke.
2: When they go into high school, it gets a little bit more expensive. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be you know, $500 to $1,000 more. So we're looking at 6000 to 6500
1: Because they have sports they and have they have sports. Their you know, uniforms they, are different. They play instruments. They have proms to go to. I'm Most just joking. i like... No, you're
2: not joking. <laughs> really? Like, yes, these exactly. things exist. Yes, okay. Yes.
1: When sports, we were talking about the slums, I didn't see them playing volleyball. Well, we or them out
2: of the slums. Okay. Okay. So these are
1: boarding so, schools. Oh, and okay. I guess school, I had a a picture painted incorrectly boarding in my mind
2: school is um, the normal there. Everybody gets into a boarding school. Got it. Unless you're um, in elementary school or early middle school. Yeah. One of our, girl, like one of our girls, she's going to a day school, mm-hmm. but she will quickly move up into boarding school from like seventh up. It's mm-hmm. boarding school. Oh. Um, and so they spend two to three months out of the year there and then break for a month of holiday because they do year-round school.
1: What so, age is seventh grade over there? What age can you get these girls into the boarding school?
2: Um, so <laughs> the that's a complicated question because um. Cause you're bad at math.
1: It's okay. No, they we've don't. had women in the studio <laughs> before,
0: but
2: <both>. oh <laughs> my goodness, Patrick, <laughs> you had to, you had to do one. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, because. Uh, they don't have like advanced education programs there. So if you're, a, and a lot of these girls drop out of school when it gets more expensive. So it goes mm-hmm. from elementary school, it gets more expensive in middle school. That's when they drop out. And so that's when we have to bring a lot of the girls back in. But you have to take a test to start at the grade that you test at. And you can't start at a grade beyond the grade that you dropped out of. So, oh. you're either starting at a lower grade mm-hmm. or out of the grade you dropped out of. So, that means if you dropped out of sixth grade mm-hmm. and you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. you, you have to go back to an eight or a sixth, sixth grade, grade classroom full of sixth graders. If you
1: can test out at it.
2: If you can test out at it. Wow. Yes, and so what happens is, and these are girls, and we're talking about girl boarding school. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot
1: of social pressure bullying and
2: bullying, the- and and some of our girls are two years older than the average age, and they get outcasted and bullied. And so when I tell you these girls are tough for making it through all yeah. of this, like that's I'm an understanding chills, and like yeah, because it is hard to go back and make it through some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, so when you ask that question, it's a little complicated because
1: depending on their life, it can be exactly, it can vary greatly. Mm
2: -hmm. And a lot of kids are in and out of school so frequently because of poverty. So you have a kid and that's another thing that you get bullied for. If your parents can't pay for this month of school, you get kicked out and then you're back next month. Mm -hmm. Kids obviously know, know you're about gone it gone and then come back. And
1: so really these boarding schools were, it's not like we're able to send these girls to a place where they can be around their peers, which is only girls that were saved out of the slums. Right. They are in, you know, for, lack of a better term, I'll use a prison term. They're in Gen Pop. Yeah. Okay. So they're just thrown in there with exactly. all the other kids that so there are going to be lots of kids that know nothing about the slums, came from an affluent family or at least a middle class family. I don't know what that means Some over there. Them, but yes. so yeah. they're going to the girls that are coming from the slums might have a harder time because of socioeconomic pressures. It breaks my heart to think that that's going on, you know, over there too.
2: I know. And it's like some, some of them are like such small things. Like you have your basic uniform. So like Mm -hmm. one button up or two button up shirts, skirt
0: trousers. Sure.
2: Um, but then you have all these additions, like a track suit and a sweater and mm-hmm. a jacket that you don't have to purchase, but you can. So if you don't have that, sure. you know, oh, yeah. you can tell, okay, you're somebody who's coming from poverty, Yep. you know, like I'm going to look down on you for that or whatever. So sometimes you like these girls ask me questions and you know, I do kind of, I'm not a parent, but mm-hmm. I empathize with parents sometimes. Cause I'm like, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're fine. You don't need that. But I don't understand like culturally. Oh yeah, You know, the implications of not having a sweater or, you know, and sometimes it's just like, that's why Levine and the house mothers are huge because sure. they come back to love. And even when they're in school, we can go visit them, mm-hmm. write the letters and those encouragements and stuff. And those are just so huge for them because, um, it's, it keeps them from falling into, you know, trauma, um, Fused uh, self sabotage, and I can't do this, and listening to those voices of lies and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's why we have some of the staff we have.
1: So the house mothers, they work for the boarding school.
2: No, they work for the the she has a name house that we bring the girls into. Got it. But they can visit them in the school. Um, they can write them letters.
1: Where's the house? Is that <clears throat> in? I already forgot. <laughs> I forgot the name of the valley. Mathare. Yeah, and I wasn't going to try to spell it. Mathari with yes. an M.
2: M A T H A R E. Mathari. Or Mathari slum sometimes it's all, all over the news so sure. you could Google it.
1: <laughs> so the house is in Mathari?
2: No. Mm-mm. We took the girls out of the slums. Okay. We don't want them to stay in the slum because what we found we were we were for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what we found was it was really hard for them. Just
1: too easy for them to get back into.
2: Yep. Okay. Yep, and people know them. Yeah. from the work that they do and so here we are telling them that you know don't feel shame for this like yeah. you are loved like, mm-hmm. and then they walk down the street and they and know they the this is where the they message. worked and this exactly. is the
1: people that i interacted with yeah. and-
2: so i'm not going to say where it is just because i want to keep it no yeah oh that's but fine it's in like a suburb area got it but one of the things that we want to do so i'm kind of moving you're fine um the thing with the house is kind of interesting because it's obviously a house of girls. Mm-hmm. The landlords pick up on it. And they can we we try to keep the mission of what she has a name does low key over there. Cause we don't need to be telling everybody these girls were prostitutes. You know, oh, yeah, like that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. what we want to do. Obviously. Um so a lot of people don't like no they know we do sponsorships is kind of what it is Mm -hmm. but they don't know like our population or why um but they start picking up on stuff in the neighborhood and we get questions the landlord gets questions the landlord wants us to sponsor their kids we don't stuff like that so what ends up happening is and they can change rent they can change water the expense of water and electricity and da 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 and so what ends up happening is we start getting taken advantage of about after two years, every two years rent gets raised. Um, our bills get super high
1: because the Americans are running the show and we can if they jack see up. Us, the, yeah. Yes.
2: Especially if they see us walking around there. And so and this so, is why
1: you want to build, you want land. So you want to build your own we place. have
2: to decide whether to move
1: mm-hmm.
2: or get taken advantage of. And I like, I care so much about people sacrificing to give, to this nonprofit. Like I want to be a steward of the, the support that we mm-hmm. get. Sure. And so I hate getting taken advantage of like that. Like I it, of course, yeah. you know, like, and I don't want the girls to see that, like, yeah. but what happens is if they have to move every two years. Trauma. And so what we know from trauma is any inconsistency yeah. fuels anxiety trauma. and anxiety, and yeah. mm-hmm. We. Every time we move, we end up losing a girl from the program. Sure. Not They they self-sabotage and they get into some of their old habits, mm-hmm. the things that we're trying to heal from. And so we end up having to dismiss a girl or girl leaves. And that also destroys me. So essentially what I'm choosing is lose a girl or get taken advantage of. Like mm-hmm. what corner am I in yeah. with that? Rock and hard places. Sure. So the solution to that is buy land. And that's mm-hmm. why we're buy land and build our own home where we don't have to take. Get taken advantage of that's our home um and so that's why we're looking for land we found land actually out in this beautiful area mm-hmm. um and it's it's yeah so good so that's kind of that. Is there a situation. Home
1: Depot nearby? Can I go over and build a place for you?
2: <laughs> it's not a Home Depot, but it's just like <laughs> on the side of the road of logs, like mm-hmm. trees chopped down in logs. Great. You have these people making concrete. You need 10 concrete blocks? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go make them right now. You know, like Yeah, that's what I'm used to. Anything you want. Anything you want. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Okay. So that's one of the, the, as far as the next phase,
2: that's the next phase that's and the it's push. huge because land is not cheaper there than it is here. Really. Mm. Um, we're looking at two acres for, um, about 115,000 mm-hmm. thousand. We're so to kind of step back a bit, the The issue with the boarding school that you raised, mm-hmm. um, our friend Moses, who's a pastor of the church that we go to there, um, who has a sponsor a student sponsorship program as well. They sponsor about a hundred kids in school. Um, his vision down the road is to build a boarding school um, that he can hire the staff and they can be under their principles and their truths. And um, so that's kind of his vision. And so him and us are kind of going in on this land because mm-hmm. it's, it's such a good land. Mm-hmm. He's very excited about it. And he's Kenyan. He was born in the slums, raised in the slums. Um, and so he's going to take um, a chunk of it and we're going to take half an, an acre and a half for, she has a name. So an acre and a half for us is looking at 90,000. Um, then you have to build a wall because somebody could just come. Yeah. Take security. In. Yep, exactly. Um, then we get started on building the house.
0: So, yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah. how do you get your message out there? Hmm. I know you have a website. I know you're on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You're on this podcast. So, I mean, next to Joe Rogan, you really have nowhere to go up. Yeah, this is... This is... Okay.
2: This is kind of... (laughs) I'm banking everything on this.
1: So, do you... Okay, so let me let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Your, with a brief preface, your typical missionary is going to decide they're going to go to a mission field. Yes. They're going to go on deputation. They're going to call around to churches and ask if they can come and present the work that they're doing. Right. They're going to try to raise support. Once they get enough support, they're going to go off to the mission field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you or anyone with this group traveling around trying to uh, bring awareness to it? Yes. How is that? going. I imagine over the last two years, it probably slowed down some COVID didn't help any
2: next. Yeah. Next to nothing, which is okay. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your highs and your lows. Um, I believe God hasn't told me to move Tanya because I'm these girls advocate here. Um, I, they, they were in a place where they had no voice, like even with their, their family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I kind of try to bring their voice here. So one of my favorite things to do is go talk at groups and churches and um, even just like youth groups, college kids. You know, it doesn't have to be. Here's my mission. Give me money. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just although want people although to we do-
1: want people to give money. Okay, <laughs> let me just say that we do want money.
2: He said it. <laughs> I want people to just do something, you sure. know, like I think one of the biggest fights that I'm fighting against here, like mm-hmm. I'm supporting she has a name. But one of the things that I feel like I can do for our church in mm-hmm. America, like our body of believers here is light a fire and stop being apathetic mm-hmm. and stop having closed eyes and see needs and. Do something because we're people that are supposed to be known by our love. We're supposed to be people that advocate for the widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be people that show mercy. You know, like that's us. That's the ki- in the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. little girls aren't being raped. Sure, in the kingdom of heaven, little girls aren't being sold. Mm-hmm. And Christ said it: "Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Today. Mm-hmm. You know it's overlapping let's bring the king let's help bring the kingdom of heaven by stopping little girls from being sold by by doing something you -hmm. know like do something and so that's what i love to encourage in young kids college kids youth but also in churches um and and just groups in general people and so yeah i love going and talking and speaking at groups um and uh other than that you know our our home church has been uh really great to kind of support no matter what um mm-hmm. they are kind of the big force that is behind this and we're a small small
0: church sure
2: and so it's remarkable i don't it's know what that means it's i've inspiring. never been part of a small church anyway, it's just comparison i guess <laughs> <laughs> we live in a comparison culture as so we all. <laughs> um so so that's just been amazing to see that but um, we do other fundraisers, like uh, we did one with Axology. Um, they kind of partnered with us, and we had an axe events. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done uh, craft fairs. Um, we've kind of just explored all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite is going in and speaking with other believers and just seeing the vision of God. Know, like, I feel so united with the body of Christ globally when Mm -hmm. when I do that. So,
1: you said that you've been to Kenya 20 something times in 10 years. This is
2: my 20th trip.
1: 20th trip. Mm -hmm. When you go to Kenya, Mm -hmm. do you bring people?
2: Yes, I do.
1: And what do you do? do when you go there?
2: Well, if you come, you can find out. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) kidding. Um, Folks,
1: looks like we're not going to find out what happens in Kenya. On to the next question. Do they have air conditioning there? No. Do they have air conditioning on the plane there? Yes. Okay, yeah. that's it's a start. Actually,
2: honestly, I get cold, so oh. I'm bringing sweatshirt, socks. In Kenya? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to get people who I bring to give me their socks so that I can stay warm enough on the plane. So, yeah.
1: Isn't it Kenya close to the equator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What time of the year do you go this there? This
2: is on the plane, you know. It's oh. on the plane. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but this right now is their winter season. So.
1: They're in the Southern Hemisphere.
2: So, they're on they're on the equator, essentially mm-hmm. so but they're not like people think that they're super hard what it means is like they stay between like 70 and 85 degrees always
0: mm-hmm.
2: um when it's 70 it's mm-hmm. their winter and when yeah. it's 85 it's their summer so oh, okay. we went like we just got back a few weeks ago we got back so we were there in june mm-hmm. and it was their winter season okay yeah
1: so christmas stockings um, and snowmen
2: they were wearing their beanies and winter coats no and kidding it's 65 and, 70 degrees and, and we're all in our shorts yeah, and yeah, our yeah. t-shirts and they're like you're going to catch a cold you're going to get sick <laughs> they're so concerned because yeah. if you get if you catch a cold then mm-hmm. it kind of yeah that's like deadly to them mm-hmm. but we won't catch a cold from mm-hmm. this weather it's raining mm-hmm. they their rain is like if we had a blizzard here like that's how they respond to it so it's it's kind of funny but yeah that's their season. But to your original question, yeah. if you come yep. to Kenya, um, we love bringing people. Primarily, we bring people um, for our summer trip. So mm-hmm. that's the one that we just got back on. Okay. Um, so we're looking. Our summer. Our summer. Got it. Yes, our summer. Um, How many
1: do you take? I mean, what's an average number of folks you're going to bring We've over taken
2: there? 16 people. We've taken four people. Okay. I personally, where. Uh, we just hired Zach on actually, as she has the name's executive director. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of reshaping a lot of the volunteer trips. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his things that he's going to start implementing is a minimum to the amount of people we take, just because I think we have better success with mm-hmm. the people on the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if we have smaller groups, cause it's a little bit more intimate we can process things mm-hmm. better. Um, and, Yeah. So uh, when you come, I always say we're going to be involved in She Has a Name stuff. But if you find something that you're passionate about, by all means, let's explore. So if it's education, (laughs) let's get you into the schools there. And we actually brought a girl a couple of years ago. She just graduated high school at the time. And her dad is a teacher and she's always been education minded. Thought, I want to get involved in education and has helped Moses buy a couple plots of land for his school. So she's been really involved in that, developing, they call it the Starfish Academy. That's what the school is going to be. And she's, now she's 20. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. You know, if she has a name is what you feel passionate about, there's always stuff that we can do to help. We need people. (laughs) So, it's kind of more of like, I want to give people that opportunity to hear from God what He's fanning into flame for them. I don't want to get in the way of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. I want to present an opportunity to people. But we usually stay in the slum. Okay. Um, so,
1: do you stay with Moses and his church?
2: They built, yeah, we used to stay in an apartment building
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that actually Grand Junction High School helped build. Mm. Um, but now they built a floor on their church for mission groups to stay. And so that's okay. where we stay, but it's still in the slum, um, still Mithari. And so we stay in the slum there that can be kind of overstimulating. Um, so that's something that we try to prepare people on is we're not staying in a hotel. Sure. Um, we're not staying in the nice Savannah, mm-hmm. you know, like we're in the slum. um, and we ser- we're there to serve the people. And so it's exhausting. We do different things. But kind of the main thing is um we can have 10 tasks to do um on the list. You know, if our trip, we have this and this and this, got paint the public toilet, da-da-da. <laughs> Those are our tasks, but we're not there for the tasks, we're there for the people. And so the biggest thing is to build that relationship and get to know people and listen to their stories in their life and hear them and see them and relate to them and hug them and um, encourage them and that's why you're there and we've actually had the people in kenya because we've had this thought before of you know it costs so much to get on the plane and mm-hmm. to stay and we could give that money um to sponsor somebody you yeah. know like what so we asked them what do you want us to do like what would add value for you guys and they said Money comes and money goes.
0: Mm.
2: We want you here. That's what we want.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so so that's what we've done. And it's been so cool. We've brought people over. I've had people go who went five years ago and they're friends with the girls. I have people who when this girl graduates, they're going to go to their graduation. You know, like mm-hmm. they build relationship and, yeah. and hear from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's it's if we get five tasks done. Mm-hmm. But you built that relationship. You listened to God. You were vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. You were aware of it. You heard people. You see them. You know their names. Then we've we've done our work. You know that's the value we want to add. Public toilets we can paint, and they can get destroyed the next day. Sure. You know what I mean. So that's kind of what our volunteer trip would look like, and it's about two weeks. Okay. Um, is how long we go. Um. Depending on when we go, the tickets fluctuate. Stuff globally can go on. Mm-hmm. Um, to go on a trip, we try to – I mean, it's kind of cheaper because we're staying in the slums. So, so a two-week trip can cost around twenty-five to $3,000.
1: With the airfare?
2: With the airfare, yeah. That pays for food, housing, <clears throat> transportation. Um, usually we do kind of a bigger project. Like we painted the church this mm-hmm. year, so that pays for that. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about the nation of Kenya? Is the nation of Kenya a stable country? Mm -hmm. Do they have a government that is Mm -hmm. stable? I know extreme poverty usually goes hand in hand with corruption in any country, but I also know of some countries over on the continent of Africa that are... More fragile, and they are a little more up in the air as far as who's in charge. Where does Kenya, where does Kenya stand? Is there concern about that?
2: You know, this question always makes my heart sad because my first thoughts are always, you know, super negative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because that's what we've experienced, and um, especially this year we have there's an election in August, Mm -hmm. and um talking to people there it's just like there's there's no hope for change in a in a better leadership for Kenya um and not that our hope is in the government mm-hmm. right cuz why would you do that yeah. but um it's just like people are losing hope for getting out of this or a change people are losing hope for a change so so Kenya um, is a democracy run by president. Um, but it's huge. What tribe is the president? What religion is the president? Um, and what's happened over the course of 60 years that the country's been independent is a huge divide between their ha- um, upper class and their lower class. There is hardly even a middle class there. Um middle class is so rare even in the slums so you have the slum of Mathari valley mm-hmm. and then the there's just like this cliff and a fence and then some of the richest people in the country live on that side of the fence and they have never been to the slum the very first year we went we had a driver who was like 25 or something and he knew somebody. It was a weird thing, but he decided to do the whole trip with us. Kenyan had never been to the slum. He was experiencing the slum for the first time. Just like we some were, of your just people like we were. were, exactly. So there's, it's pushed under the rug. This, this, um, the people in the the community. And so Mathari is the second largest slum in the area of Kenya. There's a bigger slum called Kabera that's more violent and more dangerous, and that's about 1.5 million people. The country of Kenya or the city of Nairobi was built for about a million people. And within something like 10 to 15 years, it went from less than a million people to 7 million people. So it's just so it's just been there's so much kind of feeding into this. And then on top of all of those hurdles and obstacles to trying to create stability, so you got all of these things, um, you also have corrupt government leaders, and so that corruption is comes from that prosperity that I was talking about. It's like a poverty mindset that you. You just have to take and take and take and take and take because you don't know what you'll have tomorrow. And so it comes down all the way from the top. And so the people even at the top who are the wealthiest people in the country take and take and take and take and take. And so um, you have a lot of assassination in that country. You have a lot of silencing voices in the lower class communities because they don't want to hear them unless it's election time, because mm-hmm. then that's 2 million people
0: sure. that would vote. You gotta for have vote. the votes.
2: You know? Mm-hmm. So what they do during the election is they build roads to cultivate votes and they promise we're going to build a road through Mathare into the city and we're going to have transportation that you can ride that's free mm-hmm. after this road is built. So vote for us because then we'll have jobs and then people, the you know, like all of that. Yeah. So they start building a road mm-hmm. as soon as the election is, done it stops the road stops yeah which leaves the community even more now there's just rocks and concrete and people just cut their jobs just stop and it's just crazy and so so they were also colonized by the british um they have had their independence for about 60 years um so you can see kind of the remnants of this there are people even our house some of the the women that work for ministry lived in a colonized Kenya
0: mm-hmm.
2: and experienced that before its independence. And they're very traditional. They wear some of the more traditional garments. They have the traditional ways. And then you have this new generation that through social media has been heavily influenced oh, no. by, I mean, i a Western yeah.
0: way Nonsense. Of,
2: of being – and so there's this interesting like clash of of tradition and progression in mm-hmm. that country that even divides the people at their basic culture like what is the culture now is mm-hmm. kind of what they're fighting against and so so you have a government you know that's just looking for money
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you have a people that's divided on tribalism so if i'm say I'm this tribe and you're that tribe. Old well, the tr- traditional way is you don't intermarry in tribe or you don't really, you know, there are stereotypes about the tribes and
1: that's still held on to that's, by some of the country.
2: Tribalism is huge. Really? There. It's very strong, very strong. And that's like what the voices of the younger generation are kind of trying to push against. Mm-hmm. So you have some good, but it's also still there, especially in, governments and higher up people and so i don't know there's just like so many things clashing um and then you have an epidemic that just completely shut the whole country down they shut the they shut all the schools down for a year so teachers lost their jobs and kids weren't in school so
1: and there's no remote learning and Kenya. There's, no There's no not an infrastructure learning. with the internet. There's and, no
2: extracurriculars. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, put them in summer camp. Sure. There's no summer camp, yeah. stuff like that. So There's
1: definitely not iPads being handed out yes. at the local level so that the kids can follow yes. along with the teacher and the lessons. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, so you can very quickly see how you, they end up with a slum where you have half a million people in living in a dump without, Clothes without food, without clean water, um, and you have super rich people not paying attention, um, and and you know the lack of jobs there is pretty intense. So people lose hope, even when you end up getting a degree people kind of lose hope on getting a job. So that's something that we have to actively fight against in these girls is no, you can get a job. Like you've got to go try, you got to go fight for it, but you can get a job. And, and so, um,
1: so even the girls that are successful that make it through the fight's Mm -hmm. not over.
2: It's, it's a constant fight for, um, advocating for their success. Um, because especially a woman, you know, and, and, And that's huge there, Um,
1: culturally speaking. Culturally,
2: yeah. And so, even for a girl to have a driver's license at a young age is Mm -hmm. very rare. Um, And so, and then for them to have a degree is even more rare. And, um, and then you go to a job and say, "I'm a woman, and I have my degree, and these are the reasons I should get a job," and they're often overlooked. And so, um, but I think some of that is a mentality as well from poverty um, is so hard to dream outside of a slum. So what women do in the slum is they do hair and they cook and they clean. And so that's the natural pull is the self-sabotage. I can't do this. I'm just going to go back to that. Like I'm Mm -hmm. just going to go do hair. So we've had girls in the program get jobs, get employment, um, kind of breaking that cycle and showing the next generation of girls coming up You can do this. You got it. And so that's been something cool that we've seen now in the doing this for eight years that we've seen come from the program and seeing the success and maybe thinking, okay, maybe these are just lies. Um, You can actually do it. But um, the country is not very stable. And we pray for it often. Um, We pray for a person of peace to enter in. But unfortunately, oftentimes when that voice of peace comes up, they're often eliminated um, for various reasons and very scary reasons. And um, yeah.
1: Yeah. When there's a nation where assassinations are common, that is not a stable country.
2: And they're common. Everybody knows it and nothing mm-hmm. happens. Sure. You know, so like- there's
1: no justice system that anyone can rely on.
2: Yeah. Either. So what happens in the slum is they have what they call mob justice I feel more safe in the slum than I do in some of the more touristy areas. Sure. Because, you know, like if somebody, in fact, I actually saw somebody stoned mm-hmm. um, in Kenya because they stole a cell phone. Mm-hmm. The police, he wouldn't pay the bribe. The police notified the community, we're releasing this guy at this hour, and they came and stoned him to death. Wow. In front of On a Sunday in front of a Catholic church, they left his body in the um, drainage by a Catholic church in the slum. Um, And I was talking with my friends about it. And they're like, yeah, if somebody tries to take your purse, Mm -hmm. they will be mobbed down. That's their their justice there. Mm -hmm. Um, Well,
1: and when there is no system of justice in place, unfortunately when people take it into their own hands, it's usually not a fair and reasonable system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah. swift, mm-hmm. but that's about the best thing you can say for it.
2: Even you the know? brothels in the slum, like we found some of our girls from these brothels in the slum. Um, the Prostitution's illegal in Kenya. Sure. But government officials go there, you mm-hmm. know, like people who work in the military go there and it's fine. It's not even like a red light district. Like, mm-hmm. It's illegal. Yeah. But since they're government, nobody can do anything. Like like military carry around rifles. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just some of the stuff is terrifying. They get orders to shoot down street boys. And because if like um, teenage boys have a really rough time as well. Mm-hmm. They're not in school. A lot of people end up stealing food for because they're hungry or running around doing whatever. And there's actually um, quotas of government, like military needing to kill this amount of This boys, segment of society. And they do it in the most horrific ways. You know, I don't want to get, I don't know what you're.
1: No, we want you to get into it. That's so why we're here. They'll do, they'll we want to know what's going on. They'll the
2: boy in tires and light the tires and fire. You know,
1: so they're not just executing these people, they're doing it in a barbaric and torturous manner. It's
2: terrifying what, like, when you get undercover, like these secret things, like,
1: and this is what the military is doing.
2: This is what their police officers are doing, their military. Yeah.
1: They're eliminating the problem by finding the kids that they believe to be problematic and systematically executing.
2: Yeah. So it's just. Oh, some of the stuff, like the way that they go, but nobody talks about it because one, they're terrified mm-hmm. 2
1: they don't believe they have a,
2: what are they going to do? Form
1: of recourse.
2: Yeah. People don't have a Rights way of over there. protecting themselves. Yeah. Like we'll get pulled over in Kenya because we're white. Mm-hmm. A police officer, police officers stand on the side of the road with their big rifles mm-hmm. all day, pulling people over. And, and accepting say, bribes and accepting bribes. They'll say you're I've been
1: to those countries, not in Africa, but I've mm-hmm. been to countries where mm-hmm. that's the case.
2: Mm-hmm. And you, if ju- you come up to the
1: roadblock and you just yeah. say, OK, everyone kick in 20 bucks.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't, they'll arrest you. I almost got arrested. Mm-hmm. Oof, my mom didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, But yeah, it's scary. They'll arrest you if you don't. We've had our mm-hmm. friends be put in jail. hmm because they didn't accept a bribe and you have to go to court and say, no, I'll pay my court fee. And Moses is notorious for this because he is anti-corruption, which is what makes him unique in another way as well, Mm -hmm. because you don't have a lot of people who are are anti-corruption and he's like, take me to jail. Yeah. No, I'll pay my court fee. And, Mm -hmm. and he has been to jail a lot um, because of that. But it's just like, that's normal. Like you carry around a $10, dollars because you know police officer will pull you over and he wants lunch you gotta buy him a soda or something like that so yeah yeah and it's just accepted it's like they're I don't want to say it's their culture because I love their culture but I think this is like the shadow
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know like when it's we not say the shining
1: bright spot yeah, of their culture but the but that's,
2: corruption yeah. of the kingdom of hell you know mm-hmm. finding it's the kingdom of heaven you know they have a beautiful court culture. And this is just the shadow of it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you find it is difficult to get people to come with you on a trip over to Kenya to, for a, I don't know what you call it. I don't want to say a service project, but a trip for, you know, to support the, yeah. the mission.
2: Yeah. Um, hmm, That's a good question. I have learned a lesson that I never want to be the reason people I don't want them to say, I'm going over there because Blythe told me to. I want mm-hmm. them to go over there. We brought people who are agnostic, atheists, mm-hmm. different religions over there. Um, so it's a little bit different in those cases. But I don't want people to go over there because the Holy Spirit has drawn them to go there. That's what they think God is telling them to do. So oftentimes I don't even put that stress on my shoulders because mm-hmm. I let just God take care of it. Sure. But I will say, I will say, um, it's not necessarily the getting the person who wants to go to go there. It's often the parents of the person.
1: Sure. If it's a minor or even someone in their young twenties, college student,
2: exactly. So those are, those are the conversations that we need to have because what the parent wants is for us to say, the parent wants us to promise that we'll bring their kid back. Sure.
1: And And realistically, it's like, I really can't promise you I can do that when I bring your kid to VBS.
2: Exactly. In
1: all honesty, exactly. that, you know, that's not, that's out of my hands.
2: Exactly. I could walk across the street and be absolutely. hit by a car. Yeah. Like I can't promise they'll be safe coming to church. Mm-hmm. So we, we never make any promises to anybody. Of course not. Um, even to the girls there, even mm-hmm. to anybody. And we don't make a promise to the parents, but we do say, you know, well, we're going to do absolutely everything. everything. Like I can tell you if yeah. they're not coming back, odds are I'm not coming back either. Sure. there, you know, yeah. but that's not what parents want to hear. Sure. Um, so it's the
1: same reason that missions are struggling
2: yeah because
1: parents don't want parents want an easier softer way about
2: epidemics fear yeah um and this is we have somali you know there's a lot of uh terrorism Mm -hmm. over there um pirates Mm -hmm. uh just live it we're saying we're gonna live in the slums you know like we can't promise what's gonna happen like we just can't so of course you know like a parent should be concerned you know like this isn't an easy mission trip
1: yeah i can tell you if i were to go i'd want to bring one of my boys if not two of them
2: hear that guys he's talking about going now (laughs) (laughs) i
1: don't know i could if i could get that idea past my wife
2: yeah. so what my mom did actually this was a legit thing and this still kind of is a legit thing for our family is
0: mm-hmm.
2: um my especially when we were younger though mm-hmm. and my dad would go he was a missionary in belarus for decades and he brought my brother and i each once um i
1: would rather go to Kenya than belarus
2: right right now yeah oh yeah 100%. um hundred percent but what my mom said is she like the whole family would never go mm-hmm. because if something happened to us like Leeson would still, my brother would still need a parent. Sure. She would be there yeah. or, you know, like I would sell my mom and mm-hmm. vice versa. Something happened while they were here, like back home, mm-hmm. I would still have my dad, you know? So that is like a legitimate thing to think through. And I don't, I don't seek out danger just for danger's sure. sake. You know, I don't need to be danger comes enough on its own. Yeah.
1: It's there. It's it already there. exists.
2: It already exists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You need to be wise. Yeah. Um, so you know, we end up telling parents some we have conversations with them and mm-hmm. and really we want them to be comfortable with our character. Um, and that's what ends up kind of helping people go. But mm-hmm. I never force anybody to go because sure. it doesn't do It's not should. gonna help any. Mm-mm.
1: Okay, we are getting close to the hour. Actually, we're 10 minutes past the hour. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an amazing host.
0: You are.
1: (laughs) So tell me uh, an uplifting, encouraging story, Um, something that, you know, you guys have accomplished, a life that you've changed, something that's just been wonderful uh, that's come out of She Has a Name because we've heard plenty about the difficulties. But the fact is, uh, you know, you're not going to continue on unless the hand of the Lord is on it and you see God move. Absolutely. And we know that's happened. You know, I I've gone to the website many times. I've seen the pictures and mm-hmm. you know, they're heartwarming. So tell us a story about, uh, about Kenya and the girls and
2: I'll do two, one yeah. really quick one. Take your time. Um, We're not in a rush. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the land. Mm-hmm. We are this close mm-hmm. to buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that as a leader of an organization, mm-hmm. it's a lot of working through my own things in order to not be in the way for the work that God is doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, he put that vision. He's like, this is what I'm doing, you Are you going to come do it with me or not? Like, mm-hmm. what's the deal? And I was like, God, that's such a huge thing. Like, 90,000. Oh, my goodness. You know? And... And then that's just the land, you know. You got to build the wall, you got to build the house, that's going to be more. But we found perfect land, it's amazing. It's in one of my favorite places on earth, Um, which pre-pandemic, that wouldn't happen, but because it was like a four hour drive, it was really far away, there weren't roads there, underdeveloped, Um, so I never considered this area to be a place that we could go. But during COVID and it's leading up to election season, they built a road an expressway from the airport Mm -hmm. by our friends, like it goes directly by our friends at the inspiration center in the slums, like where we're partnered with to this area called Matrakos, which is where our land is. And instead of being a four hour Rocky drive that destroys your car and takes Mm -hmm. all day to get to you and separate us from our people, it's an hour from the airport at most and Mm -hmm. 45 minutes from our friends. And so it's just, I'm like, God literally made a way, sure. an expressway. Yeah. <laughs> Built a highway. So that's one of the really cool things that's huge for our program. Mm-hmm. And then the second cool thing that like this is what the program is about. We have a girl her name is Wait,
1: wait, wait. Flora. Wait, yeah. I got to ask a question. Yeah. You said we are this close.
2: Yes. So what
1: does that mean? What's
2: to in buying the land? The land. Yeah. So the way that land is bought in Kenya is as soon as you set the terms and conditions of the contract of the land and mm-hmm. signing over the title and da da da.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You have 90 days to pay in full, no loans, Okay. nothing. So you have to Cash show up sales. with a briefcase, mm-hmm. open it up. Here's your money 90 days. So we have 90 days to have $90,000 to put towards land. God gave me this vision four months ago.
1: So are you saying that you have the money? Or you're close to having the money?
2: Yeah, it's insane. We're about, I think, as of today, we're about 10000 away from having this land. And we have 90 days to get $10,000, which is still a lot of money. Like, some, some years, that's half the amount of money that don't make... <laughs> that's half the amount of money that we raised in a year. You know, Mm -hmm. I had this friend they do. They're kind of like my mentors. Um, They do a mission. So like super similar to ours in Thailand. And I was talking with him. I was kind of like working through a lot of the fear and whatnot. I was talking with him and he goes, you know, you can raise this amount of money in a year and then say, okay, what are we going to do with that much? Sure. And he's like, and that's, close to having money direct your way oh yeah that's close to having money be your lord yeah i got it and he goes or you can hear the vision god is giving your ministry Mm -hmm. and that's what you cast to people you cast the why that's what you cast to people and that god will make it happen if this Mm -hmm. is what god is telling you he wants to happen whether it fails whether you don't raise it Mm -hmm. or whether you do you're following God's vision, and that's what it's about. And so that really kind of flipped the way that I thought about this. And so, and then God gave me the vision of land.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're not we're about ten thousand dollars shy of.
1: You don't have an exact number. You don't it have changed. a t- you don't I have don't- a ticker on the website. We do. Okay. Do you have a therm- thermometer? I will
2: tell you though, <laughs> that you color in with
1: a red marker. It
2: <laughs> changes. I cannot. I feel like I'm sprinting to keep up with God. Uh huh. It changes on like a daily basis and Mm -hmm. it's just random things. Like we haven't even gotten to the bulk of our fundraising yet. Like, Mm -hmm. and where we went to Kenya three weeks ago Mm
0: -hmm.
2: with 60,000 today without, I don't even know how it's happening. Mm -hmm. We're 10,000 away. And I went to speak at a church and people like, it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not crazy. Like, of course it's happening, Mm -hmm. but that's one of the cool things. Um, And then shortly after that, we'll have to build the wall around it. That will be, um, we're looking at 15,000 for the wall because we want it to be a, a good security wall. That's six to eight feet high or sorry, eight to 10 feet high barbed wire around the top. But I tell you this land is crazy because it's in this beautiful area that will just be so conducive to healing like like healing your soul. These girls need this fresh air, green mm-hmm. like there's no grass in the slum. There's no like green oh, yeah. trees. I'm sure yeah. And this is that area. Across the street um or near the area is a a Catholic retreat center so it's a catholic church retreat center Mm -hmm. um moses will be our other neighbor Mm -hmm. there's already electricity in the area so we don't have to worry about building that yeah and there's not a well so we'll have to borrow a well but that's actually the one thing that we didn't want because then it can be on our land sure because rather than public like you have to build it like 200 something away from um so so it's just remarkable how all of these things kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. We were looking at buying half an acre there because that's what we need for the house, and sure. so we looked at half an acre and it was good land, mm-hmm. but it was going for seventy five thousand for half an acre. Yeah, this two acre mm-hmm. land, which we'll get, we'll get half an an acre and a half of it. Yeah, so an acre and a half was going for ninety thousand. Oh yeah. You know, like,
1: yep, I did the math. Yeah, it's it's a great deal. Yeah, it's a
2: great deal. And what we can do is, uh, we're kind of working on what to do with the additional acre that we'll have. Mm -hmm. Um, We can rent it out to telephone companies. So we'll have a telephone tower and they'll pay rent. And that'll be a way of passive income. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as election hits. So in August, the land's value is going to increase because every election the land increases and then the landing continues to increase throughout the year. So in August, the land will be worth more than the value that we bought it at. Mm -hmm. It's just like all these things kind of are falling into place. And, and so the house that we're going to build on it, and I need to update the website with these pictures, um, but you can follow us on Facebook Mm -hmm. and they're on Facebook. Um, so the house that, that we're gonna build on this land can hold can house 25 girls. And so we're gonna have 25 girls at a time. And then we'll have college girls who are living off. So we can have a program that's holding you're looking at 30 plus girls mm-hmm. that they're gonna have something that they can't even imagine having at this moment. And they all have names that one day we'll know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but we don't we don't know their names today. You know, but one day we'll know their names, and mm-hmm. that's just like, it's just gonna be so huge for for the ministry.
1: Real quick, and this, the, I think this should go without saying, but mm-hmm. all of these girls that you get a hold of to help um, Moses and the church that he um, mm-hmm. is the pastor of over there mm-hmm. is part of this. All the girls mm-hmm. are. Christ is shared with them. They are given the gospel. That's paramount to make sure these girls are saved and they have the Lord and they're taught the Bible and,
2: so what we what we do is, you know, we never force anybody to declare anything coming sure. into the program. Some of say, them might
1: be, re- ha, you know, have some apprehension. Of
2: course, yeah, like, obviously, and you're gonna wrestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know? No, I, I get it. We're so, not. It's not a prerequisite to get in the program. We don't want a false statement. What
2: of, we <laughs> do is we yeah. say like, this is why we love. yes, yeah. Because this loves is why us. we're doing it. Yep. And so we tell we tell them you know, you got, you have to come to church with us mm-hmm. and we're going to do these Bible studies. And if yeah. you have an issue with it, yeah, talk to That's us. That's okay. Like, Bring it up. Let's yeah. talk about it. Sure. But we tell them like Christ is the center and core of all that we do. And so mm-hmm. we really share that with them. And, mm-hmm. and so one of the, that kind of segues into this next story yeah, give it a um, is our girl, Flora, um, and Lydia is also part of this, but I'll just share Flora's story. They're both in college now, so um, w- part of the the end part of the program, I I do an age out f- phase for their college years because I want them to be able to stand strong on their own once they're done with the program, and I oh, yeah. want them to have their four years of higher education and then be like, okay, Good luck. do your own thing. Yeah. So they kind of we wean off of our support, but we they also kind of start to increase their own self-reliability. Um but my dream is that one day they'll also want to pour into something the way that we've poured into them, that Christ mm-hmm. pours into them. And if that's she has a name,
0: sure that wonderful, make my heart explode. Yeah.
2: Um so we have this girl, Flora. She was brought into the program in 2015. Um, same situation. Mm-hmm. That's the common story. Family kind of put her in that situation. Um, she was actually doing this to put her younger sister in school, um, who didn't know she was doing this. Her younger sister didn't know. Um, but now Zach supports her younger sister in school through Moses's inspiration center Mm -hmm. um and then we've supported flora so she's she's had ahead moments and behind moments she's had uh, uh all those struggles that we talked about with our school um moments of confusion moments of doubt not wanting to go to church not wanting to do um go to school uh and now you know she's in college she just started college She had passed, you know, you have to pass all these things in order to be able to move into like a college dorm. Mm -hmm. And so she's in her own little place of living and we went to visit her. And, um, one of our, one of the people who volunteered came on the trip was just crying the whole time. I felt so I was so full of joy that I probably would have been crying, but I was so full of joy because Flora was, uh, talking about, the impact that crisis had on her life. And mm-hmm. we asked her, you know, like, what are some of your favorite quotes or verses? And she could not stop sharing verses and the reasons why they impacted your life. And she pulled out her Bible from her nightstand and it was highlighted. And um, she's just talking about the the change that crisis had on her life. And she's like, I just wanna focus on um, healing and um, making my life stable so that I can pour into other people. And she's talking about how she can add value to she has a name saying maybe there's a way that we could get even people in kenya to support she has a name and maybe that could be her place that she encourages people in kenya to support and she says she just wants to be the role model for the younger girls to look up to um and how she's going to school for business and she's found clarity in that and maybe this could be like we'll need somebody with business mindset for running that house and mm. running all these things. And it was just so cool to see that growth and change in her and the way she looked that light, you know, and she had her shoulders back and you could really see, um, you know, I as much as I would like to take credit for it, she put in all the work. Oh yeah. You know, that was what she did. And we tell these girls that from the get go, we say, you're not going to school for us. You're not doing this for us. You're doing this for you. Mm-hmm. This is your life and you're taking it into your hands and you're making the choice. And she's chosen um, to, to take her life and to make something that she will be proud of that will be pleasing to God. Um, her soul is getting healthy. Um, so it was just really cool. Cause she's one of our first girls to make it this far in the program. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of our, our success. Um, and then not only that, but she's paved a way. Um, and Lydia has done this as well with she, Lydia's graduated with her associates has paved the way for these younger girls coming into the program. So when we went in June, we added um, Corazon and Mary who are 13 and 16 into the program. And I appointed them to Flora and Lydia. And I said, those girls were in the program are in the program and they were lo- like, it looked like they were looking at celebrities and I was like, that is what you could be as well. And the looks on their faces, like they were speechless because they've never thought that they could be successful, like the way that Flora and Lydia are successful. And so they're already making an impact in these younger girls lives. So, um, those are probably like the two most exciting things. Well, kind of three adding new girls, Flora and Lydia and buying the land. So, yeah. Yeah. And I've
1: gone. way. Over. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I've been on here for over two hours okay. talking about different subjects. Okay. It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. We, we didn't want to hurry through anything. We wanted yeah. to hear the story. So I'm glad for but that. Yeah. So um, I am going to um, uh, take us out and okay. just uh, remind everyone where they can uh, find us. Or, sorry, find you and uh, this mission. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just want to thank you very much for coming here to the studio. I hope this was a pleasant experience for you. Yes. Uh, We would definitely like to, you know, do this again, have you on sometime again to talk more about this. I know that this is going to be a popular episode. So if anyone is watching, uh, please make sure to scan the QR code on screen and, uh, or you can go to shehasaname.info and you can find information about uh, this ministry. She has a name. And if you are um, listening to us on a podcast please find us on Facebook or YouTube at Bible Thumper podcast on the Facebook page or the YouTube channel and go to this ministry and help support this in any way that you can Mm -hmm. pass it around. If you know any folks that are just loaded and are dying to find a way to, you know, um, they need a place to throw their money. Uh, she has a name could definitely use it. There's a lot of people over there that, that have nothing and we can make a, a huge impact in their lives. So, um, and if nothing else, uh, please, um, add, she has a name and these girls and, and the mission that's going on over there to your prayer list and pray for this group, uh, every morning, you know, when you get up in the morning and you get on your knees, um, because they, uh, clearly Uh, need a lot of help. If Blythe is the one running the show, I mean, and then Zach just got hired on. So the mismanagement (laughs) of this group is just devastating.
2: Our goal is to have people look at us and be like, oh, there must be a
0: guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, brother. So that's wonderful. What's your timeline as far as getting the money?
2: So we have 90 days. So okay we're uh, oh on this
1: trip is when we're you solidifying okay.
2: contracts this week so it. it should be done by this week and then we'll have 90 days to raise ten thousand.
1: okay well that's wonderful yeah um thank you everyone for joining us and we will uh see you next week every sunday night at 7 p.m on the bible thumper podcast have a good evening